Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Radio Red, <laughs> live but not live streaming. We're, we're fussing with Zoom and restreaming all that good stuff. Has anybody ever heard of the term? Due to technical difficulties, well, we wish we were. So we're recording this, and I'll post it later on LinkedIn and Facebook, those of you who are listening on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel. I'm Bonnie D, a.k.a. Radio Red. That's my name on Monday nights. Happy to be here no matter what's going on in my life on Mondays. I'm always cheered up and always enlivened when I come here on the show. Read my lips. Show about creatives. As you heard, that was the voice of Ryan Treasure, formerly with Voice America, one of my favorite radio voices. I talk to people who are creative in any one of a number of ways. They don't have to be singers or dancers or artists or photographers or cake bakers or interior decorators. We're all creating our life. I didn't pop out of my wonderful mom with a handbook that said, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I made it up along the way. My guests are smiling, so I guess that means they agree with me. Let me tell you, I'm not going to introduce my guests yet, but we have a shout out to do. And since we're not, oh yeah, she can hear us. On the count of three guests, I want you to join me in making the letter L with your fingers, and we're going to say, hello, L. L, L. All right, ready? Kara, put up your fingers. Make the sound of the letter L. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. L. 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 Well, that was one of the best we've ever had, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's my engineer. And that's because, yes, you rocked it, Tandy. We, we, that's for LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And I have to tell Mark, who lives near me, he's in, in Knoxville. I'm in Loudoun, Tennessee. I've been trying to find a place for lovely, lanky Laura Legs, most loyal listener to move to that starts with L because she lives in Whitestone, New York, and that's a W. doesn't work very well. Well, somebody <laughs> reminded me that I moved to Loudoun. So we're moving Laura to here to Loudoun to be near me. And that's where she's going to be moving and it's she wanted to go to London but it's just too hot there in the summer so we're going to move her to Loudon. Anyway, today is June 26th. It is oh my goodness, National Chocolate Pudding Day, National Canoe Day, National Beautician's Day. Thank you Anne for the color and it's please take my children to work day. There you go. Uh I have to tell you all that this is the 177th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and Gregorian was a pope who didn't like the Julian calendar so he just decided to change it. He said, "I'll move a couple of leap days around. I'll put it here. I'll make it every 300 years, 400 years. And his mom and everybody who knew him as a pope said, okay, that's cool. So they named a calendar after him. It's the Gregorian calendar. But I'm guessing that his mom said, hey, Greggy, that was a good thing you did because he was an early creative. There you go. 188 days are left in the year. It's the 26th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me. And I have to tell you all, I, I'm not going to pick on my guests right now. I usually do. But I will say to Mark and to Tandi and to Kara that if you're planning to buy some special drink for New Year's Eve, you don't have a lot of time left because there are only 188 days left. <laughs> so if you're planning on some special champagne order it soon. If you're planning on making Kahlua with an old recipe from somebody you know or get it online, you better start soon because those flavors have to mix and meld to make really good Kahlua. If you're planning on getting somebody's grandpa's still out in the back of the barn, 
to make bootleg? Well, if you're paying taxes on it, it's not bootleg, but we won't tell. Whiskey, you better get that still out and start putting the ingredients together. Mark knows what I'm talking about. Yes, those pe- people in the country know what we're talking about. So that's my advice to all of you. We are in the Western Zodiac of Cancer, June 21st. It's the 26th to July 22nd. Anybody here? A, uh, you know what? A lot of astrologers call them moon children because of the connotation of the word cancer, which we really don't want to talk about, even though it's a zodiac sign. Is anybody a moon child here born during this sign? Cameron? My mom was. Your mom was? Okay, well, we have to say a shout out to your mom. Uh, let me tell you that the cardinal sign of the water trigon made up of Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio. It is one of the six negative signs, and the ruling planet is the moon. It's imp- it's depicted by a lobster or a crayfish or a crab. The opposite sign is the Capricorn. Now, you all may want to become Capricorn. I'm sorry, Cancer. I'll call you moon children instead of whatever your sign is, because they are sentimental, they're emotional. Kara, does that describe you? Well, I'm thinking my husband, my mother and my son were all cancers. There you go. They're protective of their heart. They protect their loved ones. They're moody, but they're artistic and creative. They're ruled by their intuition and gut feelings. They take pride in their work. They have a lot of dignity. They work hard, but if you don't treat them well, they will fight back and argue with you. They get swept away in romance. They fall flat, but it may not last too long. They... (laughs) I know the recommended careers for the moon children are private chef, interior designer, social worker, Mark, architect, nurse. We got a nurse here, therapist, CEO, a nanny, a hotelier, or a realtor. So there you go. And famous, famous moon children are Kevin Bacon, Tom Cruise, Vin Diesel, Harrison Ford. We got some glitter, glitterati here in the movie field. Uh, Selena Gomez, Tom Hanks. Mindy Kaling, Cindy Lauper, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, who just did the Citadel series, very exciting. Princess Di left us too soon. Meryl Streep and Sofia Vergara, they are all famous moon children. We'll leave that one alone. Let me tell you who my special guests are today. I wish we could, unable to do live stream. I'm going to try that again while I'm introducing them afterwards. So Dr. Mark A. Hicks is with us. I met Mark recently. He was on my local version of the show about a week ago. You're back so soon, Mark. I guess you enjoyed enjoyed our time. Mark is the author of Learning Love. Interesting title. He'll be telling us how he picked that. It, Mark just does nothing. He sits around. I don't know what he's eating all day. Just nothing. <laughs> he's a ghostwriter. He's a life coach. He's a counselor. He's a minister. He's a professional house sitter and pet sitter along with his wife, Heather. And he has earned four degrees. And there's a reason I'm telling you about the degrees, because that has something to do with the title of this episode, Four College Degrees. Mark A. Hicks, welcome. We'll be getting you to introduce yourself in a minute. Then we have Dr. Tandi Maini. Hi, Tandi. Wave hello. We will be (laughs) eventually able to get live stream. She's a board certified ophthalmologist, meaning she's an MD, a physician. She has a master's degree in public health. She's an army major. She's a coach for female physicians who are struggling with burnout. I know one who did. And a charity marathoner, Dr. Tandi. Welcome. So happy to have you here. And then we have Dr. Kara Barker. She's waving already. She's the author of Nightlight, My Soul Calling, Body Listening, Heart Speaking. She's a psychiatric nurse, an artist, a dancer, a singer, and a speaker. And she has four college degrees. So when I looked at the bios from my three wonderfully esteemed guests here, I decided we were going to call this episode The Degrees of Creativity. 
because you are one of the most highly educated panels I've ever had that I'm aware of. I always tell people, tell me your education, and not everybody does. So the degrees of creativity. Dr. Mark A. Hicks, so happy to have you here again, and um, delighted you've got your book, which people will see when we eventually get this live stream. Why don't you go ahead and fill in the blanks, Mark? I gave just a one and a half sentence bio, which doesn't do justice to who you are. So give us a story. Take your three minutes. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I uh, love writing, and that's what I do full time. I am a ghostwriter. I'm an author. I've just published uh, Learning Love recently, and I have some other books that I'm working on. So I plan to have a whole series of books coming out in the next few years. Uh, but I'm also a ghostwriter. I work with a number of very talented authors, working with people that have great ideas, great stories to tell, but might not have the writing ability or the time uh, to write their books. And my wife and I live on the road full time uh, while I'm writing. And my wife also works uh, online. And so we live on the road as professional house sitters and pet sitters. So we travel the country. Uh, I write books. I write other people's books in other people's houses. Mark, what was it like giving up everything to go live on the road like that? And what, what places have you been? We'd love to know briefly. Uh, giving up stuff was pretty easy because we did that a long time ago. We actually moved to Europe uh, a number of years ago, lived in Prague for a while, and uh, was had to leave the Czech Republic because of COVID and a number of other disasters that took place along that time. Uh, but in order to make that dramatic move in our life, we pretty much got rid of everything. And so when we got back, we didn't know exactly which road we would be taking in life. So we just didn't buy things. And we so when we made the decision to go on the road full time, it was pretty easy. Uh, and we we're having a great time doing it. Very nice. That, that says something about your character and your personality, that you have that flexibility. Do you ever feel like, what did we do? Or do you ever feel like, <laughs> wow, this is great? Which one? Where Where is that needle pointing, Mark? It's always, wow, this is great. Because uh, we've and, and you asked earlier where we had been. We've been uh, to New York, uh, Washington, D.C. We've been to uh, Orlando, Florida, Asheville, North Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Boone, North Carolina, uh, a couple of other places around in Tennessee, small towns. And uh, this fall, we'll be going to Washington, D.C., Vermont, and then back down to Florida. Wow. 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 That's like being a musician on tour, but you get to stay in nice places instead stay of in really hotels. nice places <laughs> and play with a lot of really fun pets. I, I bet. Isn't that really cool? Oh, you, you've got to write a book about that. That's going to be your next book. I'll, that's, I'll, that's one on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has to be. Thank you very much, Mark. Let's go to Dr. Tandy. Am I going to skip your last name, Maini, or should we just call you Dr. Tandy? What do you Dr. prefer? Dr. Tandy. Dr. Tandy, you're up putting you on speaker view. Tell us all about what you do. Go ahead. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> so my name is Dr. Tandi. I am an eye surgeon and transformational speaker, coach, and now preacher. So I can relate to Mark's. I help to improve eyesight and insight. And um, my journey has been fun and circuitous. I started off, my first job was for a computer components company. And my last job before I went to medical school was at M&M Mars, the beloved company, candy company, where we made M&Ms and Snickers. And when 9-11 happened, I decided to change the direction of my life. I had a quarter life crisis and I went to medical school. I thought I was going to become a OBGYN. It turns out I loved eyes more. <laughs> and... 
And 20 years later, now I am making another pivot um, where I am exploring different ways of helping and healing as a speaker, coach, and preacher. So it's been a lot of fun. Very, very nice. I will tell all of you that we are live streaming. There was a problem with the codes and I figured out how to redo them. So we're going to do your bio again, Mark, after we do Dr. Kara Barker. So we got most of yours, Dr. Tan. Everybody wave hello to LinkedIn and wave hello to Facebook. There we go. We're live. There we are. That's the way we want to be. Live, live, live. Okay. So let's go around the table. One more seat to Dr. Kara Barker, and then I'll come back to you, Mark. Go ahead, Kara. I just love that eyesight insight thing. Well done. <laughs> okay. So my current book is Nightlight, and uh, I've done other books. I started out as a, a army nurse during Vietnam, and that taught me a lot about wounds, not only the wounds to the body, but the wounds to the mind, the wounds to the spirit. And that really sent me on a quest. I, I have always thought of art as a hobby. Until my 50s, I'm down near my 80s, and I realized that is the center of everything I do as a Jungian analyst, as a writer, as a speaker, everything I see as a palette. And I am thrilled to be here and to meet you all. You're very, very kind. Tell me, how did you get from... From your nursing, how did you get to do all of those other things? Because in your bio, I know you said you uh, you were singing and dancing as a very young child. Have, yeah. How does that influence you? Have, have those creative threads continued through your life, Kara? Well, I, I really feel life, you know, it's all vibration. It's like the quantum field talks about. And to me, they're all one. And it's about aligning with our own soul, being in harmony with who we really are. And that's the issue, authenticity. How do I find out who I am? And I think the arts are the best way for people to find out because it's not heady. It's inside where the body wisdom is. So one step led to the next. I never would have predict predicted that I'd be where I am now. And I'm so grateful that I am. Well, we're grateful that you are too. Tell me, is that beautiful painting on the wall behind you? Is that one of yours? I, it is. And what do you call it? I didn't even name it. Good. Maybe we'll take a vote and we'll help you name it. Okay. <laughs> Stunning. And what I like is that there's a flower pot that has tipped over and it's lying on its side. Everybody noticed that? That's yeah. an interesting to me. There's something that you wanted to convey some kind of a an imbalance or a path not straight or tell us what was that? Well, it's through our brokenness that the light gets in. Yes. And I, I found in my own life, it's the broken places that I didn't want, but turned out to be the greatest teachings. Well put. And I believe Leonard Cohen had a line about yes, that. Yes, he did. Didn't he? Want, somebody quoted that on one of my radio shows recently yeah. about it's the broken places where the light goes through. Uh -huh. When I'm mentoring and, and coaching young women in uh, the corporate setting, which I've done a few times, I tell them, if you see a little crack of light under the door at the edge of the window... Push it open and see what's on the other side. It might be called an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's one of my one of my philosophies. And I've done, I'm only on my seventh or ninth career. I lost track. There you go. <laughs> Mark A. Hicks, we're going to introduce you again because I want everybody on LinkedIn and Facebook to see you. There okay. you go. So let's start again. So I'm just going to quickly read. He's a, an author, a ghostwriter, a life coach, a counselor, a minister, a professional house sitter and pet sitter. And he has four degrees. And we're calling this episode the degrees of creativity because all my guests are super, super educated. And we have to talk about degrees without being specifically about them. Mark, putting you back on speaker view. I'm torturing you here. Go ahead. <laughs> reintroduce, reintroduce yourself. Go ahead. Yes. After a, a long career of doing a number of those, all those things that you just named, I am now a full-time writer. I uh, just published my book, Learning Love, and I have a number of other books that I'm working on and plan to uh, have a series of books out in the next few years. And I am a ghostwriter working with a number of talented authors, uh, people that have great ideas, great stories to tell, but just don't have the writing ability or perhaps the time uh, to write it themselves. So I have the joy of writing it with them and for them. Uh, and I write it in their voice. So it is their pr- property and their ideas, and it's written in their voice. And I do all that on the road full time. My wife also works online. And so she and I are on the road full time as professional house sitters and pet sitters. And so I like to write books. I write other people's books, write my books, and I do it all in other people's houses. I love it. Great story. And that is going to be a title for one of your books. I've got to be the first one to read it. Mark, I, I'm so intrigued by the way you named your book, Learning Love. Mm-hmm. It's not learning about love or the learning of or lessons of yeah. or love needs to be learned. Learning Love. Yeah. Tell me, how did you pick that title? How hard was it to find those two words in that order? Uh, not very hard. I went through a few different ideas of how to express it, but love is learned. It is something that we learn. And most everyone learns it from their family. Unfortunately, that is very often a terrible source uh, because most families are at least a little bit dysfunctional, sometimes a lot dysfunctional. And so the purpose of the book is to give people an alternative to perhaps the dysfunctional ways uh, they have learned love. There are ways that you can practice that uh, can everyone can have healthy relationships. You just have to know how. And so it is the art of learning love. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I like, I think we're all, all nodding. Good title. Shorter the better, right? Exactly. That's what I, you know, I was the second in line in terms of height in grade school. The only shorter person and <laughs> shorter is better. I'm trying to, Kara, I'm trying to relate this to something real here. Uh, I think Ellen Pappas was the only one who was shorter than me and they lined us <laughs> up in height size. So I remember, <laughs> I'm trying to make something here, Mark, forgive me. Thank you all for your bios. I appreciate it. Now we're going to get to the part of the show. We're going to rush through this a little bit because we have so much to talk about. I have asked my three esteemed guests to please send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric, and they're going to talk about how that quote relates to their creativity. So Mark, you're worth originally first on the list, so I'm going to put you back to first spot, and then it'll be Tandy, and then it'll be Kara. So Mark sent a quote from Vikram, who is a telemarketer played by Ranji Chowdhury, The Office, Season 5, Episode 22, aired on April 9th, 2009. If anybody doesn't know what The Office is, it's an American mockumentary sitcom that aired on NBC TV from 2005 to 2013. And the episode was called Dream Team. It was viewed, Mark, by only 7.2 million people. And this gentleman, Ranji Chowdhury, was an Indian actor in TV movies and theater blah, blah, blah. Here's the quote Mark has picked. Confidence. It's the food of the wise man, but the liquor of the fool. I'm ready for a drink. I don't drink, but I'll have a drink anyway. (laughs) Mark, toasting you. Go ahead. What does this mean for your creativity, please? Two minutes. 
But yeah, I think that's so important to have confidence uh, when you are in your area of genius. And if you don't have the proper confidence, it's a hindrance. It holds you back. You have to have confidence. It's the wind in your sails. You have to believe in yourself. And that's what carries you through the hard times, the difficulties, the struggles that come along uh, with anything that you're doing. It's that confidence and belief in yourself that carries you through. However, if you are doing something foolish, that confidence is also the thing that causes people to continually run into the brick wall over and over and over again, or to metaphorically throw themselves off the cliff, believing they can fly. And so, yes, we have to believe in ourselves, but we also have to make sure we are working in our area of genius, not in the foolishness, because all of us have an area of genius, but all of us have an area of foolishness as well. Interesting. I always often thought that I was working in my area of foolishness. Tandi, we're not seeing you, so I hope you're going to come back soon. I was going to go to Tandi next. Tandi, can you hear me? There she is. Okay, Tandi, I'm ready for your quote, and this is a, a very favorite one. It's Dory, who was voiced by Ellen DeGeneres in Finding Nemo, 2003 American Computer animated adventure film and uh, the quote is just keep swimming 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 just keep swimming 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 and it's dory's signature song she is a regal blue tang with a short-term memory loss tondi i'm putting you on speaker view please relate this to your creativity go ahead yes what do you do when life gets you down just keep swimming oh i'm also known as the bounce backologist I went through a period in my life where all of the things that I cherished the most were just kind of imploded. Um, my, uh, my marriage, the ability to spend time with my kids, my money was funny, you know, it was just a mess. And there's a verse in the Bible, it says, in everything give thanks. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the gratitude, right? I got, I got into the school I wanted to get into. Ooh, I'm grateful. I got the new job. I'm grateful. I got a healthy baby. I'm grateful. But how do I, how do I stay grateful um, when everything seems to be falling apart? How do I survive in that, in that instance? And that's where I learned what it really means to be grateful. That's what I learned how to bounce back. And that's when I learned that you've got to just keep swimming. Very well done. Thank Good. you very much. That was be- beautifully done, Tandy. Beautifully. Yeah. Thank you. Sometimes those it's those adverse situations, those scenarios, those chapters, right? Yeah. That prove whether we're resilient or not. And whether we can keep swimming or not, whether we want to keep swimming or not, and if other people make us keep swimming or not, and then we live to tell about it. There you go. Thank you, Tandi. (laughs) Dr. Kara Barker has picked a quote from a song written by Donovan for Brother, Son, Sister Moon, which was a 1972 biopic film. In Italian, it's Fratella Sole, Sorella Luna. And the song is If You Want Your Dream to Be. The movie was directed by Franco Zeffirelli. Uh, starring actors I don't know about. It was an examination of the life of St. Francis of Assisi. And here is the line. If you want your dream to be, build it slow and surely. Small beginnings, greater ends. Heartfelt work, 
grows purely. It's a poem, Kara. It's a beautiful yes, I, poem. Go I ahead. love that. And the part that really seized me by the jugulars was slowly. Build it slowly because I was always in a hurry. Being an intuitive, you know, had all these things going on. And it was my mother used to say two things. Take it one step at a time. And always remember, you have sesu in your blood, which is a Finnish word for grace under pressure. Mm-hmm. And an example of it is when the Russians invaded Finland, Finland had 900 soldiers. Russia had thousands and Finland won. It's something ingrained. So um, I, I just have found it to be so true. Mine has been slow coming. And I finally realized in 2013, when I wrote um, The Love Project, Coming Home, that we are each like a, um, we need to be like a thank you note Hmm. to the transcendent. Our lives are to be a thank you note, meaning expressing who we really are with an attitude of kindness. And the the biblical uh, parable that always got to me was the widow's might. Here this woman in rags was coming up to the coffers and she dropped a few mites in there. It was all she had. And Jesus talked about, you know, how important that is. So to me, it's like giving all we have, but slowly, slowly, slowly it comes together, which is a contradiction in the Western world. Yes, it, it, yes, it's hurry up and hurry, hurry up and be impatient, hurry up and don't wait. Isn't that? Yeah. Hurry up, hurry up and don't wait. And Tandi has that slowing that just keeps swimming, swimming, swimming. It doesn't imply swim fast or run or swim a race, uh-huh. does it, Tandi? It's just, just keep swimming, meaning it's consistent and it flows and it goes. Mark, any comments on, on either one of their quotes? I, I do think that's uh, uh, really important for us to learn in our culture, the slowly. Uh, yeah. I think everyone struggles with that in our culture. There's such pressure uh, and you miss so much. And a lot of times if you don't take your time, you're going to end up taking more time going back and fixing things and learning lessons that we could have learned years ago. We are now having to repeat. Life has a way of bringing things back around. If we don't learn it the first time, life has a way of repeating itself. And if we would just take our time, learn our lessons as we go and uh be, take that time to be slow. I think we'd be a lot better off and get more accomplished in life. It's mm-hmm. called patience. I will tell you all that I'm in my new house here in Loudoun. I have a side of the house where the former owner had a bunch of trellises. Some of them are knocked together, pieces of wood nailed together. They're not painted. Some of them are metal. And I bought a bunch of starter tomato plants. Well, I'm learning patience because I bought a, a cherry tomato plant that within a couple of weeks, grew these clusters of, they're about an inch and a quarter in diameter, and they're black or aubergine, the color of eggplant on top and green on the bottom. And they're growing in clusters of six, eight, and 10. There must be 50 of them. The plant is now four feet tall. I think I paid 12 bucks for it. It's growing up this trellis, but they won't ripen. (laughs) And I have the big tomatoes and they're ripening and I have two on the kitchen counter for dinner tonight. And I say, I just keep wanting the little ones. And they're still aubergine and green. I cut one open. It's got little seeds. It's all hard and green and awful. I don't eat green tomatoes. So I'm learning 
patience. Slow, yeah. slow, slow. I'm going to take a couple samples back to the store where I got it and say to them, what's supposed to happen with this? Is it just going to stay like that all summer? On that note, thank you for your quotes. I appreciate it. Mark, did you want to say something about my tomato plant? You look like you had some advice there. Oh, on tomato plants? Yeah. Oh, I know nothing about tomato plants. Okay, I thought maybe you maybe you you, you invited or you had you visited some tomato plants in the houses that you you've house at. Let's go through the creativity statements. What's going to happen is it's not a pop quiz, but I'm going to pick one or two statements from each of you. Read the statement. You don't have to go looking for them. I'm going to read the statement and ask you to unpack it. If anybody has any comments on anybody else's, you've got. I think you've all got five fingers in each hand, and one finger is the no, no, the mean finger. Use any other finger and wiggle at me and I'll I'll call you to comment. So Mark, I, I have to read number two. I like this one. Mark says, creativity is my energy. When I'm restrained or forced into a mindless routine, I quickly feel exhausted. Creativity is the wind in my sails. Talk mm. to us, Mark. Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone experiences this in most every job. And as you noted, I have had a number of jobs and in all of them, I've loved them and I've, I've enjoyed everything I've done in life, but there are all those, those always those meetings that uh, could have been an email, uh, those meetings that go on and on that are uh, basically useless and they just drain me. Uh, and I really just have this need to be creative. I love the world of ideas and new ideas, new concepts, uh, trying new things always excites me. That's probably why I live on the road full-time going new places. Uh, and I love writing books, not only for myself, but with other people, because I just love everything that's uh, what emerges uh, from the world of ideas and from learning. And when we start, when we stop learning, when we stop experiencing, I think we stop experiencing life. We stop living at that point. Uh, we may still be existing, but we're not living. And so I think in order to experience energy, you have to have some some creativity. Mm -hmm. To experience energy. I like that. I hear some, mm, some, mm-hmm. I see some head nodding. Amen. Tanya, you want to say anything? Yeah, we're not getting religious here. Tanya or Kara, you want to say anything to Mark? I love that. Creativity is my energy. Kara, you look like you have something on your lips to say. Go ahead. Just that, you know, how draining and exhausting it is. And I know when that happens to me, I am not in the right place with myself or my environment. Yep, I, I know. I recently got, I won't tell you why, but I had to get dragged into some meetings that didn't use Zoom. They use a different app. And that app is not very friendly to my computer or my operating system. And I was late to every meeting. We're talking three meetings a day. And I couldn't get in. And it kept saying, what profile do you want? What name do you want? And which account do you want? And we'll switch you. And it sat there and sat there and sat there. And everybody's wondering, where is she? Where is she? And I was important to the meeting. Finally, they sent me an email with a hot link that I was able to get in. But this went on for days. Ugh. I can't tell you how exhausting it was. I just wanted to participate and do what I had to do in those meetings. I wasn't running them, but I was I was a, an important participant. So anyway, exhausting, it certainly can be, Mark, whether you're in the meeting or you can't get into the meeting, right? <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Dr. Tandy, I'm looking at your creativity statement number two. This is lovely. You say, creativity is the freedom to fully and authentically bring all the different aspects of myself to the world. As a multifaceted person, I have a number of interests most aligned with faith, food, fashion, fun, fitness, and feeling good. I love that alliteration. I'm not going to read anymore. I'd rather hear you say it. Go ahead. Two minutes. <laughs> Talk to me. Unpack, please. Yes, absolutely. I, um, Mark was talking about having the freedom and 
sometimes when we're uh, made to walk in straight lines and um, according to whatever rules, it's, it squelches my ability to be creative. But one of the things I love about my job is that I get to do all of that. It's amazing. I get to... Some, um, not always in the quantities that I want, but when I'm working uh, with patients, I get to, I get to dress the way I want. Um, and they love my patients love it. <laughs> um, I get to talk to them about, about wellness as a whole and not just their eyes. So if like, for instance, one of the leading causes of blindness is our complications from diabetes, which is rampant mm -hmm. in our country, at least. And so I spend time talking about exercise and foods that are nourishing for your body. In, in addition to eyes, I talk to, you know, and, and then everyone's experiencing life. So whether it's talking to somebody who just whose wife of 51 years just died and he's trying to figure out how to go on. So I get to bring like all of the aspects of me. Um, and I know you said it's not religious, but one of the things, because I, when, before I went to medical school, I very arrogantly thought, you know, I'm going to go help people and I'm going to go save everybody. <laughs> and, and when you actually practice medicine, you realize how little you actually do as a doctor, right? You can prescribe a medicine, but you cannot make it work. Um, you can put an ointment, but you cannot make the body heal. Um, you can prescribe it. You cannot make the person take it. <laughs> um, and, um, and so sometimes it just feels like, Ooh, um, especially when people have already lost vision, sometimes it's like, well, what am I really doing for this person? And this woman came to me and she said, you helped me so much. She had already, unfortunately, gone blind from glaucoma, which everyone should get their eyes checked because it is the thief of sight. Um, she had gone blind from glaucoma. Um, by the time she came to me, she was already, she had already lost um, almost all of her vision. And it was one of those, mm, there's not much I can do for you. But she said, you helped me so much because you prayed for me. Um, and that made, that's what made the difference for her. So we do, we mixed it all up in our office. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very interesting. You, you have to, I was telling on a recent show that I had a, a doctor I saw at a, when I was living in Durham, North Carolina, and I saw him for a brief appointment for a checkup. And he said, you're fine. No, you have a little anxiety, take a Pepsid. I don't, I don't do meds. And it was fine. The Pepsid worked fine. And I said, I really need somebody to talk to. And Tanda, he said to me, talk to the receptionist and get on my calendar for 30 minutes once a month. Mm. And I will find a medical uh, diagnosis for this, for the visit. And I would go once a month and sat there. And he said, how are you? And I said, how are you? We talked about family and what I was doing. And I was trying to move here to Tennessee. And um, he showed me pictures of his three-month-old daughter. And we talked about the sleepless nights. And we talked about my relationships. And we ended up with a hug at the end every time. And oh. I said, I'll see you next month. And he booked me, I think, for four months in advance. He allowed me to do that. And he said, just tell the receptionist it's okay. Mm -hmm. And he realized, I just I just needed that kind of kindness from him. Mm -hmm. I didn't need med there was nothing wrong with me medically. So um, we talk about multifaceted. Mark, oh, he wiggled a nice finger. There you go. Mark, talk to me. Why? I, I just want to say thank you for saying that and that you uh, needed to talk to someone. Because one of the things I write in my book, everyone should be in counseling of some kind. 
Uh, that doesn't mean you have to go every week or have a permanent counselor, but everyone needs to be able to talk to someone and to process stuff and to deal with anxiety and deal with depression because everyone deals with those type of things on some level. And there's far, it's better than it used to be, but there's still too much stigma about that. Everyone should be in counseling and everyone should be able to say, I needed some help and I right, reached out and got it. Well put. Kara, anything you'd like to add to that? That's right in your up your alley. You know, I, I, I thought of Dr. Jung saying we're all in the stew together. And if the analyst isn't growing, it's a false meeting. We all have to be growing. And it, it is it is being in the stew together. I mean, I never know what's going to happen when someone comes, but mm-hmm. by being present, something. This guy said to me last week, he said, you know, I'm imprisoned in a cage. I said, draw the cage. So he drew the cage. I said, how did the cage come to be? He said, by my own self-inflicted beliefs. And mm. I thought, wow. That is so true. Yeah. I mean, I relate to it anyway. It's like, yeah. And insightful too. I don't think a lot of people would admit that right away. You, That's you, right. You you use the tool of drawing to bring that out. Tanda, you had waved a finger at me. Wiggle, wiggle. Go ahead. I did. I wiggled because I'm so passionate. I just wanted to echo what um, Mark was saying about the importance of therapy, especially because in a faith communities, as well as in the African-American community, there's often such a stigma about going to get mental um, health help. Um, it, sometimes people consider it, they, they'll say, well, it's sort of a, well, you're, you, you need to just pray about it or whatever, but you can have Jesus and therapy at the same time. And it doesn't make you any less of a Christian or a believer or a person um, or a good person. Um, And I really think that we need to start talking about these things more and take away this. We don't judge people when they go to the doctor because their leg is broken or uh, because they have diabetes, but yet there are still stigmas around getting mental health help. Um, And we need to we need to get rid of that and we need to normalize it. So I just wanted to echo what Mark was saying. Thank you. I have to tell you a little story, Kara, one second. I had a, a therapist, a, a psychologist. She was actually a head of nursing of a major university, Kara, and wrote books on that for years. And she decided to become a psychotherapist. She went legally blind. She lived in a mansion two blocks from my house and she was my therapist for several years. And I walked I made myself walk the two or three blocks in all kinds of weather, snow and rain, anything just to get out of the house because I work so much. And even after she became blind, she still continued about 25 patients a week, Tandi. And she had a a computer from the uh, Lighthouse for the Blind, I guess. And she kept a a notebook with the handwritten appointment. She had a magic marker. And she said to me, write the next appointment in my book in black marker. So it's big. And I would write it into her book, even though we had a standing appointment. She was quite the lady and dressed like a movie star every time. I I just went to see the mansion and the dress she was wearing. But anyway, she, she perpetuated, persisted in being who she was, regardless of the handicap. And she was still a good listener and a good person to talk to for those years. I I went to her funeral and it was just heartbreaking. Absolutely. Lived into her 90s, by the way. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, Kara, go ahead briefly. Well, you know, so often um, people that come think that they're they're flawed. 
But in reality, mm-hmm. the person who comes is the healthiest person in the family. They're the identified patient, but really it takes so much courage to come, you know, heart to come for ourselves to just lay it out there and see what happens. And there aren't any guarantees. It does. And what you said about the window, that little crack. Yes. The crack in the window. By the way, I I think it's on Netflix. There's a show with Jason Siegel and a couple of other very well-known actors called Shrinking. And it's about oh. a very, very damaged therapist who is going through loss in his marriage or his wife. And I, I couldn't watch it after two episodes. It just bothered me so much because I, <laughs> I've seen so many psychologists in my life. I just, I just couldn't deal with it. Anyway, let's move on. Kara, it's your turn. I've picked your, your statements were one-liners, very, very brief and to the point. But I like statement number three. You say creativity is medicinal for what ails us. Kara, take a couple minutes, please. What do you think? It is medicinal. After my son was killed, I was, you know, numb. And um, my friend and I used to create an art day every Thursday. She was a um, psychologist, too, and a sculpturist. And I had this big canvas. And I just took oil uh, pastels and I ground them into this canvas. I had no idea what I was doing. Nothing. Nothing was coming to me. But it felt good. I needed that physical action to do that and at first it looked like a wolf which is very symbolic but then I kept pounding away and it turned into a tree and out of the wolf and the tree came a rose so I named it ever present and that physicality of just letting her rip really brought me home to me and roses are very symbolic for me but it wasn't trying to do anything. Really Just brought you home to you. That's lovely. Brought you home to you. Yeah, Thank I you. Did. Thank you. We have time for one more statement we, before we do some uh, celebrity birthdays, some wacky holidays, and some music history. Mark knows what I'm going to do. Tandy, I'm just going to go to, here's something interesting. Statement number three, I think you'll all appreciate this. Tandy says, early in the morning, I received my inspiration to create, to write, send an encouraging text, or put out a video on social media. Early morning is the time when I make peace with all in my heart. I love morning time. Creativity is aligning with that part of myself, all powerful, all knowing. I love the quiet of the morning before the hustle and bustle of the day. Tandy, just take two minutes because I want to get to the other stuff. But this was so beautiful the way you wrote it. I didn't want to skip this one. So go ahead. Yeah, just in order to be creative, we have to have space. And we have to be intentional about that space. Otherwise, it's so easy for life just to happen. And that's one of the things I love about um, meditation and having a morning uh, routine where I meditate, I journal, I do my gratitude journal, I visualize whatever I happen to to like doing that morning. Um, But having that quiet, um, that's when you get, that's when I get my downloads. That's when I get back in tune with me. Um, And it's just really beautiful. It's just beautiful. And I appreciate it so much. Thank you very much. That was lovely. Anybody have a thought about anybody else, Mark or Kara, about time of day, the quiet to create? I do. And it's morning. It's morning. And the first thing I do, regardless what the weather is, I go out on the lawn barefoot. Mm -hmm. And I just breathe in 
and I look around me and all the things I didn't expect, that hummingbird or the seagull or whatever it is, and I just feel so grateful. I look how alive this is. How today can I serve best? How can I bring forth the most aliveness? Because the people I'm attracted to are really very vibrant people, not the, the walking dead. That doesn't interest <laughs> me. It's the alive people. That's very, very funny. I want to go to a couple of holidays. I mentioned that today is Canoe Day. It's Forgiveness Day. Do you think that's a part of, of being creative? Mark, you're nodding. Thought about oh, forgiveness? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because, uh, you know, there's so many difficulties in life and life is going to hurt. And one of the things that I've said for years is everyone's in recovery for something. Uh, recovery is not just about addiction, although it is about that, but it's about all the hurts of life. And if we are going to get past that and really experience the joys of life and the creativity and the energy uh, and the flow of life, then we have to learn to let go of some of those hurts and to forgive and, and get past it. Thank you very much. Kara, any thoughts about forgiveness? I'm sure you, Tandy, I'm sorry, Tandy, go ahead. Go ahead. I saw you first. Yeah, I was going to say that we, uh, we talk about a lot of times budgets for money, and we understand that we have finite amounts of money. We can only do so many things with that amount. But we also have finite amounts of energy, too. And you can only and you can only do so much. So where are you going to put your energy? And if you're putting your energy into hating or being angry or un- harboring unforgiveness, then that's energy that you're taking away from being creative and open and loving and joyous. Um, and so it to me, it's a matter of like energy budgeting. Mm-hmm. Energy budget. Interesting. Kara, thoughts, please. Yeah. It- I think forgiveness, when I think forgiveness, I think first forgiveness of self for all the regrets. Oh, I wish I would have. Why did I? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then unburdening. And when I work in Taiwan, they talk about the stone that's heavy in the heart. It's like taking those heavy stones out and forgiving self because then I have more spaciousness to forgive others and know we're all doing the best we can. It may look crappy, but we're doing the best that we can. We are doing the best we can. That's all we can do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you do something really bad and you say to people, "Why'd you do that?" I'm doing the best I can. It doesn't really, it doesn't really wash too well, does it? No. It's like, what, what? We only have a few minutes left. I want to read a couple of celebrity birthdays here. Uh, oh, by the way, I was still on the holidays. It's National Sarah Day, and I have somebody in my life named Sarah. And if you know anybody named Sarah. It's just Sarah Day, not her birthday. It's just Sarah Day. And it's also National Zachary Day. If you know anybody named Zach or Zachary, just do a shout out to them. That's what their day is today. Every week there's somebody else's birthday. Uh, Canoe Day. Anybody here a canoeer? A canoeer? I wish I canoeer. Okay, there we go. Not good. Uh, all right, that's all the holidays. Oh, it's Rabbit Week. I saw a rabbit. I'm, I'm living in, uh, you may have this where you where in some of the places where you live, Mark, where you used to live in Knoxville, I don't know where all the houses you sit now, but um, I looked out the window the other day and four, I don't think they were deer. They didn't have antlers. They were does, I guess. Four of them were having like a traffic rush and they ran across my yard, one, two, three, four, piled up in the corner and they ran through the bushes to the neighbor's house. It was that, it was like, what, 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 what? 
<laughs> and all of a sudden they were gone. And then I saw a, a red fox run down the street, not the comedian, a real red fox whoosh down the street. And the other day I saw a fox, I saw a rabbit on the front lawn. And then I saw the fox running down the street with a rabbit in his mouth. <laughs> and then I saw the fox running up the street the next day. I don't know whether he was still hungry or not. And last night, there's a somebody has a black cat in this neighborhood. And it was just sitting on the top of the septic tank in my yard. Just sitting there, hmm, look at me. I'm on your yard all night. I don't know who it belongs to. We have a big debate here in, in the uh, yard. This is a, an interesting neighborhood here. Mark, I'm talking to you specifically. Everybody seems to have a dog. And you meet people if you open your door and see them walking their dog. And you get to know the name of the dog and the name of the person. I know this one has Dixie and this one has Ellie and this one has Augie and this one has Laika. And you just get to know the person. And if you forget the person, you remember, hi, Steve, how's Jack? Jack's the dog. Steve's the man. So I've learned that four minutes. Thank you very much, Jordan. I've learned to, uh, to get to know the dogs, even though my dogs are my grandpuppies and they don't live here with me. So let's go with that. Uh, I have a, a TikTok star whose birthday is today. He's 22. Actually, he's 21. They updated it. Usually this page isn't updated. His name is Carew, C-A-R-E-W, Ellington. And the only reason I'm telling you all about this is because he posts comedy and lip sync videos. Mark, are you sitting down? Carrie, are you uh, sitting down? I am. Tiny, okay. He only has about 6 million followers. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> about it. And his, I know, Kara. And his first TikTok video had over a million views. I mean, seriously, wow. can you believe that? In terms of people who whose birthdays we might care about, Ariana Grande, the wonderful singer. She's 30 today. Uh, let's see who else here is um, anybody. We, Derek Jeter. I think he's 50. There's a young actress named Aubrey Plaza, P-L-A-Z-A. Let's see what her real birthday is. She's 39 today. If anybody had the audacity to watch the um, Robert De Niro movie called Bad Grandpa, don't, mm -hmm. don't. But if you did, she has a, a role in it that goes in and out and in and out of the role and ends up at the end with a surprise. And that's all I'll say. It was one of the crudest, rudest, most horrible movies I've ever seen. Lucky it was on a streaming service I had already paid for. Let's see. We have a young lady named, oh, Natalia Taylor, N-A-T-A-L-I-A. -A. She is 27 today. She's born in Cincinnati. And she's known as a story time storyteller on YouTube. She's a model, a social media influencer. Her stories, Kara, Kara's the one who reacted so much to this, uh, have only 2.2 million subscribers. She has 60,000 followers on Twitter, 290,000 on Insta, and she was a semifinalist in 2016 for Miss Coed. Uh, okay, I just wanted you to know that. And she worked at Jimmy John's, and she likes to paint as a hobby, and she's studying nuclear medicine because she wants to help cancer patients. So there is, yeah, so she in her spare time has 2.2 million subscribers and we are out of time for that so let me do the closing here quickly anybody want to give a website where people can find you uh mark you have a quick website you want to give i'm mark a hicks.com m-a-r-k-a-h-i-c-k-s.com tandy where can people go tandy md.com t-h-a-n-d-i-m-d.com thank you very much dr Kara barker where can people go to find you karabarker.com or dr dot Kara Barker at gmail.com. And Kara is C-A-R-A. -A, Barker is B-A-R-K-E-R. -E Thank you very much. Thank you to Jordan, my engineer. I have one minute left. Here's the closing. Everybody, I want you to react to this. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't we all? Forgive quickly. 
Eh, I try. <laughs> Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Trust me. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Join me in a big laugh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Carrie, you really forced yourself on that one. And never regret anything that made you smile. Final words. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Make it happen. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco in high heels on a Formica top at a cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon in front of 250 people. I didn't fall, but everybody watched. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing once. Tondi, you have a beautiful voice. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Let your heart regenerate, regrow, start to learn to love again. It will happen. Money talks, chocolate sings, la. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Bye, LinkedIn. Bye, Facebook. Bye, Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.